3: Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you, taking your calls, 801-575-8255. You can text us at five seven five zero zero. And as the Cougar Station, we have you covered for today's BYU-Boise State game. The kickoff is at 5, and KSL's extended pregame coverage begins with Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. That will start at noon, and it is brought to you by UCCU Love Where You Bank. Back to our phone lines where we have Steve, who is standing by in Highland. And good morning, Steve. What is your question?
1: Good morning, Maria. This is Steve from the old KSL Greenhouse with Larry. Great. Hey, question on the, uh, so I've got some uh, Cheyenne.
3: Oh, what happened to Steve? Call dropped. Steve, we lost your call. Call back. We'll go back to the next Steve, who's in Highland. Uh, Good morning, Steve. What is your question this morning?
1: Hi there. My question is, I've got um, two 25-foot pine trees. They're kind of a long needle, uh, three, four inches long needles. And I just bought the home. And the trees, I didn't notice that they were browning until just yesterday. But if I look at the tree, like 15% of the tree is brown, but it's like you go up a branch, it's brown, then it then it's a green at the end, and and so it's it's inconsistent. It's not all of the tree going brown. It's not a that bottom half or top half, but it's just kind of each part of each of the branches, probably 20%. Well, is of the- it
4: natural needle shed? Because every three to four years, those Austrian pines will shed a a third of their needles from inside the tree and leave the outside oh. needles alone. And so you could just be seeing if it's consistent across the entire tree, I would suspect it's just natural needle shed. Oh, wonderful.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, as I look, I look at the tree, it, it is totally, it's weird. It's like you go up a branch at six, 10, 12 inches of brown needles. And then, 20 inches of green needle Yeah, and if it's on so. the
4: inside of the tree and it's on every needle-bearing branch, it's just normal. Oh, awesome. Thank you.
3: Great. Thanks for I your call I appreciate that, this my morning. friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Carolyn is Norm. She wanted to know, Ton, she wants to overseed her lawn, and she wants to know what she should do and how.
4: Uh, just get a, when it's dry, get a hand fertilizer spreader or a push fertilizer spreader, a broadcast one. And just put the grass seed in there and go for it. Uh, The grass seed can be purchased from local stores. It's getting a little late in the season, and so they may be selling down their stock, and so I'd get it sooner than later. If not, in Utah County, granite seed will have some grass seed in, or Great Basin Turf would have some too.
3: So just not on a rainy day? Yeah. Uh, Just because
4: I don't want the water to get into the seed and make it clump together.
3: Okay. Good to know. Uh, Next person has some Daphne's on the south side of their house in front of their porch. Had them for probably 10 years. Um, They said they've been doing really great until a few months ago, and one of them seemed to die overnight. The leaves turned yellow and brown, dried up, and fell off. Uh, They dug it up, and now the others next to it seem to be drying up and dying. They do have Clay soil, but they say that they're watered regularly and they're wondering they put a new sidewalk in the front uh, about a year ago and they're wondering if that would affect them
4: if it affected the roots like if they severed roots it absolutely would have
3: but it was done a year ago so yeah I mean there could now. be a
4: delay I mean if the plant world had cats, Daphne's would be it just with how fickle and they'll sit there and be your friend and listen sWAT you in the face. That sort of stuff. That's why I'm comparing Daphne's to house cats is just because they can be so beautiful and then all of a sudden they just up and die and you never know why.
3: Actually, um, I have those two that are in my yard that shouldn't be living that are facing on the west side of the house. Um, And I'm not going to trim them anymore. I'm going to let them take over that area and just take the lawn out because if I touch them.
4: They may, they, mu- they don't like pruning. Right. They don't like their roots to be disturbed. And
3: they're beautiful. So they texted us a picture and folks, you need to know you can't text us pictures. Um, this We're not commercial actually, text line won't actually yeah, do that. We are not
4: using cell phones. It's an actual no. computer program.
3: So what we need you to do, um, listener, is just send us a picture on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page on Messenger and we'll be able to see that picture there. Uh, Back to the phone lines, and we have Jim in Grantsville. Good morning, Jim. What is your question?
2: Good morning, Marie and Tom. How are you?
3: Doing very well, thank you.
2: Great. I have a brand-new yard that was just put in this week. Um, I have uh, Zelkova, Merlot Redbud, some ivory silk trees that were planted. Uh, With the weather getting cold like it is, um, they've winterized the sprinkler system. Do I need to uh, water these trees until the ground freezes up or no? Uh, just leave them?
4: Let mother nature do it for you. We're supposed to have rain almost every day in the next week or snow. And this ground is sufficiently wet that you don't need to be doing any supplemental water. When you first planted them, yes. You know, and if it was in the seventies and things, Probably, but with the regular rain and snow we'd have had, there's no reason for you to be supplemental supplement watering unless for some reason the root zone is covered, and natural precipitation can't get to them
2: okay it it's not so uh it it should be just fine then i I guess um also uh the sod uh, it was just laid last night um, hasn't been. Uh, there's been no water on it because the sprinkler system is uh, is winterized. Does that need to be watered? No. Nope. Or is it okay as well?
4: I, I mean, I'm okay. looking out the window here in the studio, and it's wet. Is it raining where you are?
2: Uh, a little bit. Not not very much. A little bit. I
4: mean, there's nearly not, really not but, much you could do about it anyway besides hooking a hose up to a hose bib off your house. And you could sure. wet it down like that. But, you know, I I would lift the sod up and if the soil's wet underneath and the soil and the sod itself is moist, I wouldn't worry about it. And okay. if, if for some reason you don't get any moisture, yes, it will need to be watered in occasionally until we get rain, you get regular rain and snow.
2: Okay, sounds good. Great. I will do it. Jim, thanks Thank for you your call. Thank you
3: very much. I think we have Steve back in South Jordan. Let's try him again. Steve, are you there?
1: Hake. So I've got some Cheyenne echinacea that are in 4-inch pots. Now, do they need a winter cold period or will they survive in this insulated greenhouse?
4: Well, is are you heating the greenhouse? It's passive solar, it does not freeze. Okay. If it were down below 40, you would probably be okay. Okay. To overwinter yeah. them in there, but I would not do anything to encourage them to stay green okay. and growing through mm-hmm. the winter
1: okay so the the greenhouse will you know depend on the day it'll get warm if we had a good sunshine day or you know if, you know, it if gets, it's
4: uh, if it's that warm and it doesn't okay. get cold enough for them to go dormant mm-hmm. you may need to get them someplace so that they don't freeze but it is consistently below 40 or 45 degrees so that they okay. do go dormant so, so
1: then will they survive outside then Through the winter.
4: They can. You just need to make sure they're watered in. And what Mm -hmm. we would have done in the nursery industry is gotten a really thick frost blanket, like a a Mm -hmm. 10-degree frost blanket, Remay material, and covered them and just made sure that they stayed moist. And that Remay fabric would actually do a really good job of Mm -hmm. allowing them to overwinter. The other okay. thing you could try doing, and I don't know if this would work, it would be put them on the ground and then cover them with two or three. Once they're dormant, covering yep. them with two or three inches of mulch and then just uncovering them in late March. And you could try that.
3: Good. OK, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Next listener, Ton says, uh, remind them when it's best to rototill and wait if what if the soil is wet?
4: If the soil is wet, and you can tell if it's too wet, if you take a shovel out and the soil sticks to the shovel, it's too wet. But you only rototill when you have a reason. You know, in the spring, if you need to work the soil so you can plant. In the fall, if you're tilling in the waste from the vegetable plants you were growing and some compost and things. But you don't want to rototill more than a couple of times a year. And you only till when you have a reason. We don't engage in recreational tilling.
3: Uh, next person says, do they trim their raspberries? Um, how much and what time of year do they do it? It
4: depends on the kinds of raspberries. And so I, I hesitate. They can trim them, but they need to download USU's raspberry fact sheet and find out What kind they have, because we talked earlier about the blackberries, Mm -hmm. the primocane and floricane varieties. If they're just summer bearing, they're going to be pruned differently than if they are ever bearing. And so download those fact sheets. You can actually take care of them right now or in early spring, but we need to know what kind of raspberries
3: they are. All right, number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 575
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids
1: doing what teenage kids do.
0: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.
2: It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it.
0: Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. Follow the letter at letterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Thank you for spending this rainy Saturday morning with us on the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you for this final segment of the show. We'll get in as many of your questions as possible. Back to the phone lines. Rick is in Alpine. and Good morning, Rick. What is your question?
1: Good morning. I've got two questions. The first is In the spring, I planted a tar- tar- tartarium cherry tree and a bean cherry tree. And the bean tree is doing great, but the tartarium kind of died. I think I kind of drowned it or something. But it's got sprouts coming up close to the bottom of the ground that are now higher than the, the original tree was. And I'm wondering if I can trim away. I think there's four if I can trim away three of those and hope that one of those will blossom or or grow into a nice cherry tree or whether I need to just dig it up and plant another one.
4: If it's coming up from root stock, it's not going to be the same tree that was grafted and it would most, it may or may not be compatible with your being. And so do your neighbors have cherry trees? Um, no. No. Okay, because if you had cherry trees in the neighborhood, like not other being cherries, but if you had Stella or Van or, you know, there's several varieties out there. But if you had a different sweet cherry in an adjacent yard, you could just get away with growing your being. So I can't promise that the branches coming up from the rootstock will actually be compatible. And so... What you would probably want to do is dig it up and get another sweet cherry. You know, you could try another Tatarian, but you might also look at Van or Stella, or man, there's so many of them out there uh, that you could plant. But you would want another sweet cherry of a different variety to cross pollinate it.
1: Okay, great, and then. My last question is, I have kind of a garden area in front of my house. In the back of the area, I've got some beautiful roses. And then I've got daffodils and poppies and tulips. And those kind of flowers uh, blossom early in the spring, and then they fade fast. And we're looking for something to plant that would be maybe, you know, 8 to 12 to 16 inches high that would blossom in the mid to to late summer just to kind of get color all year around. Any recommendations?
4: How much water are you irrigating that particular flower bed with and how are you watering it?
1: Not, not too much water. Okay. It's kind of, yeah, it's reasonably dry, but I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Within those size
4: limitations, I think you could look at blanket flower it's a summer daisy that have comes in reds and yellows and oranges, sometimes earth tones. It's quite pretty. It will need to be deadheaded once in a while, but it blooms from June until October. That's one that you could look at. There's another one called um, Zoshneria. I'm trying to think. Fire Chalice is its name that blooms Fire all summer. Valet? Fire Chalice that blooms okay. all summer. And okay. we're within your size limits, and maybe some of the shorter uh tick seeds. Um uh, there's some smaller varieties that bloom July and August.
1: And and what were those called again?
4: Tick seed, T-I-C-K. Tick seed. Tick seed. So they're also called Coryopsis, and that's C-O-R-E O-P-S-I-S coreopsis
1: coreopsis okay oh that is
4: wonderful
3: all right Rick thanks for your call this morning Uh, next listener wants to know is it too late to transplant trees or perennials into their park strip
4: if they're purchasing them new the trees are going to be fine if they're doing perennials into the park strip they should be okay but they might want to put some mulch around them just to help protect the roots a little bit
3: okay Kay is in Cottonwood Heights good morning Kay what is your question Yes,
1: I was wondering on this last cutting of your lawn, uh, you know, just before winter, is it, if it's a good idea to cut it a little shorter or leave it a little longer, what you would Cut it shorter, about
4: an inch and a half to two inches.
1: Oh, really? About yep. one, an inch and a half to two inches? Okay. Yes, the reason and you do that getting... is
4: to prevent snow mold from spreading. Oh,
1: I see. So, so cut it shorter, okay. And then uh, is this getting close, probably the last cutting right now? Of course it it varies. You never know what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, we're getting close. I mean, I cut mine a week and a half ago, and it needs to be cut again. And so Uh I'm going to have to find a dry period over the next few days to do it. But I don't like letting the lawn go in too shaggy, because if it lays over under snow load, that makes snow mold able to spread a lot more rapidly. And so if that grass is short, almost like a, crew cut, the snow mold stays a lot more localized.
1: Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, I'm about in the same situation, just kind of trying to find a uh, dry time to do it, so to cut it. So, All right. Well, I appreciate it very much. Thank right. you.
3: Thanks, Kay, for your call this morning. Uh, we have about a minute and a half left. Let's go to Lorraine very quickly here. Hi, Lorraine. What was your question? Yeah, I'm just wondering. I have struggled with stink bugs in my garden area, and I wondered, um, you know, putting the leaves in the garden area which is what i usually do will that will that benefit of the soil outweigh the you know protecting the stink bugs i've heard that, that i protects. would
4: work them into the soil
3: work the leaves into the soil okay. yes
4: and that will reduce habitat the other thing in the spring is cleaning up the weeds any unneeded plants that'll harbor in there and so if the neighbors have weeds and stuff that's a problem but they move from weeds into your garden if there's are not a lot of weeds they you'll have fewer problems with them
3: okay in my garden I still have like a big parsley plant that's just still bushy should I cut that down no
4: cut that you, back you don't that need place? to
3: okay okay thank right. you Thanks for your call this morning. Uh, we only have about 30 seconds left, so I'm just going to ask you these questions. Uh, Mark wanted to know about a good time to prune a fall-up pallet tree. Is it a good time to prune any trees right now?
4: It's not a good time to prune trees. Mid-January is when you really start pruning shade trees, just because they're very dormant and it does the least amount of damage.
3: And that would be the same for the cottonwood trees. We had a follow-up yes. question on the cottonwood trees. Ton, have a great rainy you Saturday. Too. And thank you all for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse Show. We will be back next week.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two
1: teenage kids doing what teenage kids do.
0: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.
2: It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it.
0: I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately... Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.